Well, uh, the kids, uh, I mean, I've, I followed them out, um, and they're searching for more chairs. Um, that, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, the, if, if you haven't journeyed down the hallway um, since the remodel, we've been in this building since November the 9th or something of 2014 and have not remodeled or done anything. And, and you know, it, you ought to just walk down the hallway and look what has transpired over in that part of the building and what it looks like and, and the facelift, the, the remodel that has gone on. Um, there is still two rooms to go, and, wow, it's, it's amazing. Uh, to be honest with you, um, we need about five or 6000 more dollars to, to finish um, what we've done. Um, there's, if 50 people this morning would give 100 bucks, you know, uh, if, if 25 would give 200 if one of you just give five thousand, nobody else would have to give. I mean, you know, whatever works. It, it you know. But I said that one time I needed twenty five thousand dollars to buy a group of buses, and the as I was standing out as I always have, I stood outside the building. Some man I'd never seen before. He had to be a check for twenty five thousand dollars and said, "Go get your buses, son." God's able. You just need to listen. So, with that said, um, we're excited about what's ex- what happens here. I mean, a baptism. You know, it it it's it's God at work, and we're just thankful to be a part of it, and hope you are too. And excited that you're in a place where this is happening, um, because we know it's not happening everywhere. And, and we're excited. And, you know, next Sunday is Easter. Uh, we're going to serve communion next Sunday uh, on, on Easter, which that could be a challenge, but we're up to it. And uh, we met with our deacons this morning. We're going to have some little lambs next week, um, baby lambs for your kids to take pictures with. Uh, Jesus is the lamb. And so, you know, we want them to, to see that object lesson and we're just excited about what God is doing and Michael will come after service and give us a few announcements about some things that's going to transpire and we're we're grateful for what God's doing in our midst but we started a series um, this is uh, number six uh, in in our series on the resurrection um, it, it, it most preachers when discussing uh, the resurrection of Christians, um, they take you to First Thessalonians chapter 4, and that's where we're going in just a second. But I, I started to title this, The Best is Yet to Come, um, and yet uh, it's our resurrection, those of us sitting here, that it's going to take place. So let's turn to First Thessalonians. If you have a Bible, if you want to look it up on your iPad or, or whatever works for you, uh, your phone, and let's read a few verses in First Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, beginning with verse 14, it says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord 
will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. There's your resurrection. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There we read about the rapture. The rapture, the word is not mentioned. It is actually the caught up or the resurrection of the followers of Jesus that Paul is talking about there. He talks about it in many other places in in the 13 or 14 books that, that he wrote of the New Testament. And there's much disagreement among scholars as to when this event and what it takes place. People confuse the rapture and the coming of Christ in the air uh, to rapture the church out with his second coming. And it's really a complete series of events um, that takes place that is, is part of the second coming of Christ. There's a group uh, of premillennialists, amillennialists, and postmillennialists, all having differing views of to what the events surrounding the second coming of Christ looks like and, and when and what order these events are going to take place. I personally was, was taught there is going to be a premillennial tribulation rapture. In other words, a pre-tribulation rapture, um, which simply means the church will be raptured out. The dead in Christ will rise at the sound of the trumpet when Jesus returns but does not set foot on this earth, and Christians will be gone from the earth. You've seen the, the, the pictures of, you know, just people up being caught up in the sky. I believe that is a true situation that takes place before the tribulation period, which to me is, is going to be seven years of hell on earth, just to be quite honest with you. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm by no means a, a, uh, a prophet or, or am, am I a scholar on, on the end times or the coming events. It's just, it's just what I was taught. And then after this tribulation period, there'll be the second coming of Christ. And then there'll be a thousand year reign of Christ, um, and, and peace on earth. And if you believe otherwise, that's okay. Um, it it just means you're going to go through the rapture and hallelujah. I'm not, you're going to go through the tribulation period. And hallelujah, I'm not, um, you know, so that, that's what I believe. Um, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 35, where we've been now for some five or six weeks, some raised a question, and, and in verse 35 it states, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Interesting enough. And, and so how are the dead raised? Others will ask, and, you know, uh, will I look like I do now? Um, someone will say, will I be recognized? Uh, 
Will I have the same old issues? And the answer is yes, yes, and no. Yes, you, you, you will look like you do now. They recognize Christ in his glorified body. And yes, uh, you people will know who you are. And no, you will not have the same old issues. And so I think we can catch a glimpse of, of what our new bodies will look like by observing the body of Christ after the resurrection. There's a 40-day period from the time that he was resurrected until his ascension that we see Jesus' body was a real body. It was a real body. He even said in Luke 24, 39, Behold, behold my hands and my feet. They had scars in them in this real body. And, and, and if, if it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. That's Christ telling. And we're going to have flesh and bones, but we're going to have a new glorified body. We will not be some spirit, but a glorified body like Christ was. And so when you read that, it, it makes us understand just a little bit more as to what is going to take place. Um, 1 Corinthians, I want to read three or four verses in, in chapter 15 and a lot of scripture this morning so that you understand it's not just my belief, it's what the Bible says. It doesn't matter what I believe. People, people say, uh, I believe it and that settles it. No, whether you believe it or not, it's settled the word of God is settled. I'm, I'm, I speak with my hands. And, and, but the, the point of it is, we, when you read the scripture and you see what the Bible says about our personal rapture, our being taken out, us having a new body, listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 41 through 43. He said, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, talking about this body. However, it is raised in incorruption, and it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. We're not going to be the same. We're not going to have the same old issues. We're not going to be sin-cursed. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. Power of what? Of Christ's resurrection. And so another thing that, that, that you know, yeah, we're going to be recognized. We are going to have flesh and bones. And another thing make many of you happy is Jesus ate breakfast. He, 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 he had a time with the disciples. Uh, and if there's not going to be any corruption, then thank God I'm not going to have acid reflux. <laughs> Amen, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to gain weight. I can have as much chocolate as I want, yeah. You know, and, and all with perfect taste. Woo! Hallelujah, that's right, amen. 
Uh, I haven't had, uh, you know, I've never regained my taste to perfection the way it was since COVID. Um, and, and my goodness, uh, I still got this hideous cough. And, and, and I'm just thankful that I won't have those issues when I get my new body. Um, indestructible, new bodies, identifiable, incredible, with no limitations. Some people say, are we going to be able to fly around like Jesus? I don't know. You'll have to ask him that whenever you get there. But I know he showed up in a room and the door wasn't opened and closed. You know, think about that. Someday soon, I believe, we're going to see all this transpire. No sin. Get away from, from this chaos. Uh, no more mess. Uh, wow. And, and here, I believe it's in my lifetime. I've heard that all my life. My granny used to say that. You know, Jesus is coming and he's coming before I die and you all better be ready. She'd preach to us on Sunday morning breakfast when we'd stop from milking the cows and she'd fix a big breakfast and she'd turn on Calvin Ray Evans Sr. and make us sit and watch it or at least listen to it. And she'd tell us, this is happening in my lifetime. Well, it didn't, but bless God, I believe it's happening in my lifetime because there's too many signs pointing to it now. What a a horrible mess that we see transpiring in our lifetime. We're going to live forevermore. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 57. Listen to what Paul says in, in the closing of this chapter. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall be changed. Hallelujah. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised. Raised how? Incorruptible. And we shall be changed, for this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortality must put on immortality. And so when the corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall we brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about what we have to look forward to. I, I don't know. Linda and I talked this week. It, it's almost used to you, you know, we, we'd make the statement, uh, I'm ready to go home, but I don't want to be on the next boat. You know, I'm ready to go home, and I wouldn't care to be on the next boat right now. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, I, I, no corruption. Can you imagine Holy Spirit controlled everybody. No sin. And I don't know about you, but I've been so disappointed just the past few weeks with the mess we are in in, in, in our government and in our country. Um, and it's why I long to see Jesus. Uh, allow me to preface um, my statement. With the reason we're in the mess we're in is the church has been silent way too long. It's, it's, it, and, and the churches, here's one for you. And the churches that haven't been silent communicate truth without love. 
And when you communicate truth without love, what do you have? Legalism. You're beating people up. Which is not Christ-like. I don't care what folks are involved in or what shape it is. You love people. And, and so hear me say, I love people. I've dedicated my life to loving people. And, and, but I'm also bound by a calling to preach the truth of this word and to speak the truth. And, and I'm going to step into a conversation that some of you this morning are going to be very uncomfortable with, but that's okay. But it is time for the church to, the, 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 to wake up and speak up in love and not hate. Our government, in my opinion, has gone too far. It's either amen or oh me. Um, uh, I'm so disappointed that we have elected a Supreme Court judge. Red, yellow, black, or white, that has nothing to do with it. Democrat or Republican, that has nothing to do with it. Male or female has nothing to do with it. And it makes no difference. But someone that cannot or will not define what a woman is, when God specifically made man and woman, when God said that, and, and, and to add insult to injury, the director of health and human services, you say, preacher, you're going to get us taken off Facebook. I don't care. I'm just going to speak the truth in love. But the director of health and human services this week testified before Congress in full support. If you didn't see it, go look it up. There will be a YouTube video of it. In full support of children being able to make the decision to have life-altering transgender sex change. Surgeries. Ladies and gentlemen, they've gone too far when they come after our kids. Supporting teachers to have discussions with kindergartners and middle schoolers. Concerning their gender and sex. You listen closely. It's not only wrong, but it's, I believe, satanic. Because it destroys the work of God Himself and His design, according to Genesis chapter 2. These discussions should be left to parents are the ones that should be talking to their children. Common sense. Common sense. When you don't get a tattoo unless you're 18. When you can't have an abortion in the state of Ohio unless you're 18, neither of which I'm condoning or or discouraging. I'm just saying the facts. You can't get an abortion. You can't even get a cat tattoo in the state of Ohio unless you're... You can't buy cigarettes or alcohol unless you're 21. 
What common sense is there into us speaking to our children about sex and gender and allowing them to have life-altering surgeries? Wow. But we are saying it's all right to talk to 5 through 12-year-olds that they can change their gender, that they can have complete mastectomies as, a, as, as kids. A teacher can discuss with you, and you can have life-altering surgeries. When did we lose our common sense? What's wrong with this picture? You say, but preacher, you don't understand. It's a struggle. What do I do when my child wants to or thinks there? What do I do? Very simple. Be a parent. Be a parent. Take this Bible that I hold in my hand and open it up to Genesis chapter 2 and show them that God created a man and a woman. It's very simple. It doesn't mean that you kick your own kids out if they've made a decision to be gay or homosexual. It doesn't mean that you disown them. You love them. You pray for them. And if they make wrong decisions anyway, you've done your job. And love them. But don't condone and enable and don't be talking to my kids and my grandkids. This is child abuse. Five to 12 year old. I know some of you is going to criticize me. Some of you is going to be mad, but don't send me your emails. I, don't, I won't read them. <laughs> I'm going to catch H-E double hockey sticks and I'm aware of it. And that's not my goal is to make someone mad. It's my goal to wake up the church of the living God in this age to stand up against evil in our country. And the only way you're going to do that is get out and vote and find out who you're voting for and what they believe. Preacher, you don't live in the real world. (laughs) How many babies you buried? How many children's funerals have you preached? How many parents have you counseled? How many hands of the dying have you held? I know more about the real world than I wish I knew. We should not be allowing teachers to influence 5 to 18 years old children about sex. Let me push a little more. My kids in Lexington are having to spend $25,000 a year because the governor of Kentucky thinks that this is okay. That's an atrocity. It's ridiculous. We, we, Moms and dads should be having these conversations. And if you're obsessed with talking to children about sex, we need to be talking to you about you. And 
Once again, don't send me emails. Don't write letters. I will not back down from God's word. Five decisions I've kept my entire life since I was called to preach, and I don't expect to change now. I'm too old. But no one's going to meddle in my preaching. And money will not influence my decisions. And I'll base my decisions on right and wrong. And I'll be loyal to principles, not to institutions or individuals. And I'll be a friend to my friends, whether you like them or not. I'll move on, but folks, we need to speak up. If you don't speak up, you're going to lose everything you hold near and dear. We're going to get a new body. There's not going to be the mess that we're in now, and we're not going to have the sin surrounding us that we have now. And only in Christ is there this hope. No sin, no disease, no cancer, no quadriplegic, no depression, no anxieties, no addictions, no aches, no pains, thank God. No stiffness when I get out of bed in the morning. No high blood pressure to worry about or stents. No lethargic because it's too low. A new resurrected body, hallelujah. Jack Welch, one of many that uh, you may not even know who Jack Welch is, but he was the CEO of GE at one time, built GE to be the, the largest company in the entire world. Someone who I've admired his business model and administration, uh, his administrative models uh, my entire life. And and if you are in administration or any position of leadership, you should read his book titled Jack. He's not, you know, <laughs> he's not a very humble individual. Jack was the title of the book. Um, he wrote another book titled Winning and just has a great, great business philosophy. I've had the opportunity to meet Jack Welch among many, uh, Lee Iacocca, I personally worked for Chrysler for many years, and he came. We were the number one dealership in West Virginia when I was service manager at Huntington Chrysler. Sold more parts than any other Chrysler dealership in the entire United States. And Lee Iacocca came to visit. Um, Colin Powell. Uh, I, I could go, Jimmy Buffett, of, of all people, a great businessman. Literally, you wouldn't know it by listening or looking, but he, what a what a what a businessman. But but oddly enough, um, just great administrative minds. And in Jack's book, Winning, someone asked him, "Do you think you will go to heaven when you die?" Essentially, saying, "Do you think you're going to get a new resurrected body?" And I, I, I personally, I couldn't believe that was in a business book. I had to go back and, and look again. And after rambling about his mistakes and some bad decisions he had made, 
and how he was discouraged over the fact that he'd had two failed marriages, Jack answered the question. So as to heaven, who knows? I'm for sure not perfect, he said. But if there is any points given for caring about people with every fiber of your being and giving life all you can get out of it every day, then I supposed I might have a shot, end quote. Jack Welch, it's not about having a shot. It's not even about caring about people, which that's a good thing to do, and we as Christians should love people no matter what their sin or their situation. It's not about giving all to life and to society to help them. But Jack Welch, you can know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die. And so can everyone in this room. Because heaven, a new resurrected body, is about Christ and Him alone. Him dying for our sins, Him buried and Him resurrected from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And by faith believing... These simple three truths, Christ died for you. Christ paid the price for your sins and was buried and rose again. By you believing that in faith, you too can know for sure that heaven's your home. That is the gospel. Ninety-nine times in the book of John, I believe, I believe. You say, but preacher, I've joined a church. You'll go to hell as a church member if you haven't put your faith and trust in Christ. But preacher, I was baptized. You'll go to hell, wet baptism, if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But I'm a good person. Jack Welch is a great person. But he'll go to hell if he hasn't put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But I attend church. You can start your list and write it up and down the walls from now till Jesus comes. And it's only by Christ alone. His death, burial, and resurrection and what happened on a cross that saves us because that's what God accepted as our payments for sin. I quote what I've already read. We shall all be changed. The dead will be raised. Oh, death, where is your sting? Hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. We're going to get a resurrected body. We're not going to be faced with the garbage that we're faced with. 
There will be no sin. There will be no corruption. Identified. Identifiable. (laughs) We're going to get to see our loved ones again. I heard Mary Ellen talk this morning about how she misses her dad. Bob's a great guy. She'll get to see him again. You're going to get to see your loved ones again. Caitlin, we'll get to see Jake again. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Because that's the answer. That's the only way that we'll get to spend eternity in a new resurrected body. Let's stand.